Hello and welcome to a podcast with Jordan Haas, the podcast with me, Jordan Haas. Nice to meet you. Uh, this is a weird episode because essentially I am not operating off a OneDrive. I'm operating off a Google Doc. It's very weird. I feel like I'm back in college. I think I make that joke later in this episode. Who knows? Essentially, the best way to describe it is if this episode is one of the worst episodes don't blame me, blame the folks at Microsoft, all right? So this week, uh, we are going to be talking about all of the social media stuff in the Hive Mind segment, but also we have uh, some news in the paywall. We have all the talk about all of the Black Friday deals and games I have bought, and also a Taskmaster recap. So lots of things have happened, and I want to get through uh, this this fun part where I get to chat with you guys. What's been going on with you? I can't. I'm talking to a wall. Um, that's usually how it goes. Um, so let's just get to this right now. Um, uh, essentially, this week has been very weird. Um, I I've I explain it fully in detail, but the fact that I can't really work on a Microsoft computer right now, even though it's kind of what I do and talk about Game Pass and all that, it kind of sucks. Not gonna lie, it it kind of sucks. But um, I have the Google Doc right now with all of the news. So uh, I didn't even re review. You wouldn't believe this this week. I will talk about that right now. Um, so I, I didn't write this in the episode, so you're going to get a quick review. You Wouldn't Believe This is this new show that's on Channel 4 in the UK. Uh, essentially, they get interrogation detectives to talk to strangers about amazing things that happen to them. And they basically have to lie to detectives and it's up to the uh, contestants who are overhearing these interviews to determine who's telling the truth or not uh if they pick the right person that was telling the truth they win five thousand pounds but be careful if they pick the incorrect person whoever was the liar uh takes home the five thousand i think it's a very cute format very silly very l i wouldn't say light entertainment because they're going for like the interrogation scene in the drama but it is very interesting when you find a reveal of who was telling the truth and then final information gets put in place i love shows that try and merge different genres together so the fact that it was kind of going for like a crime drop interrogation thing, I always enjoy. It's way better than take the money and run, which they were going into full on like, let's just make these people broken. And then they tell us where they are. Um, <clears throat> I found it very fun, although very boring in certain times because there is really no music. <laughs> Even though they have a comedian as the host, I want more jokes out of them. Uh, but that happens from time to time. Uh, additionally... This week, uh, as it was Thanksgiving, I saw the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I watched the NBC version and I watched the CBS version. The CBS is the counter-programming to the Macy's Parade because they can't legally say Macy's. So a lot of the time, anything that has the Macy's logo attached, they can't air, which is a lot of marching bands, a lot of floats, and none of the performances. So if you are there for the essentially just balloons... Uh, the CBS feature is the one for you because here is Bluey, here is the Minions, and here is the CBS weatherman. I forget his name. He's the NBC weather guy. I see him all the time on Saturday morning. And he's like interviewing kids like, what are you here to see? Boss Baby! Yeah! And it's like, it's 2022 and I don't think Boss Baby showed up. <laughs> but it's such a great one. Uh, Frazier is a fantastic one because he's entertainment tonight. He feels like an entertainment reporter. And I think when he's talking about pop culture, it comes with some sort of like he knows what he's talking about versus. And I will keep saying this. I do not like Hoda and Savannah on the on the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I, I think they're OK in the morning doing today's show. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like the Macy's Parade should feel like a big, fun kids event. Like, it's supposed to be for families and like, hey, kids, look, here is the Minions. 
Hey kids, look, here is Ronald McDonald. Hey kids, look, it's the Blue's Clues guy, Joe. Is it Joe? Joe from Blue's Clues is there. And they go through all of these like kids in preschool and children. They have Goku. I said this last week. I don't buy that these people watch Dragon Ball. So when they see Goku, they're reading off a damn paper. I really wish, ideally you would get Andy Cohen and maybe Chris Hardwick, or you would get someone with more like of a nerdier style to do the Thanksgiving Day Parade. But because it's all synergy, you're going to get a lot of Peacock branded items saying, hey, we're the cast of Chicago Med wishing everybody a very happy Thanksgiving. And it's just, it's just very embarrassing. I... I don't know what else to say, um, but it happens. Uh, next is uh, the Thanksgiving Day Parade I thought was boring this year. Um, from what I saw, there was NFTs, and the NFT parade had a low turnout. Who would have thunk that something that looks like Roblox, but worse, would end up not profitable? Maybe just make a Roblox parade instead next time. Uh, the parade had a lot of weird balloons. There was like a, a minion balloon with like a banana costume guy that was kind of cute. I thought that was very fun. Uh, another one I liked was Dion Warwick was sitting in the gazebo. And I, I the thing I hate about these, these parades is they try to get these people to sing, but they're clearly just lip syncing to their songs. They're not like... Say, hey, happy Thanksgiving, Macy. It's really just like 20 seconds of the track and they're just mouthing the words. I like that Dion Warwick didn't give a shit, so she just smiled and waved as the song was playing. I think that is true energy. I stand Dion Warwick. Uh, she she's that's that's ultimate girl boss. <laughs> um, but when you get to like uh, the cast of Pitch Perfect and Andrew Devine. It's just like ugh, the peacock poof. It's just nah, not fun. Uh, the Disney wish ship, but ABC doesn't have the feed. They do the Philly, I think. It, it's eh, it was kind of it's kind of weird to say the least. I I I wish we got better, but I think the big problem with the Macy's parade is that they still have to go off classic uh, live television metrics where it's the balloon gets 30 seconds, the, the this float gets two minutes, and then this gets a minute 30, and then we got cut to commercial, and then we set up this marching band, and then we did... That it just... It just feels like... I think things that feel too formatted never fit well with audiences, and I wish that... If, at some point they go ad free and they get better people doing the broadcasts uh, to talk about this. Like, I mean, someone who is freaking the hell out that there is a Snoopy balloon because the one that they currently have is just sort of like the same kind of feed that you hear every year from Apple TV. Snoopy is back at the Snoopy parade with this 40 foot Snoopy balloon. And you can catch all of the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and other Charlie Brown classics on Apple TV. This astronomer Snoopy was paired with NASA to ignite people to go into space and to keep on dreaming. It's it just, I, ugh, I did not like it. Uh, also, uh, in game news, uh, Fall Guys updated to be a C, C thing, C under the C. I reviewed the video. It's available right now on YouTube. I put it on my Discord. Hey, join my Discord. And, uh, the quick version review is I hate it. I think the levels aren't really inspired. It's like a, they're going for an underwater base. And obviously there's some inspiration behind SpongeBob, but to unlock SpongeBob, you have to play the game and grind it out to level 70. And even then you can't unlock SpongeBob unless you pay the money. So it's a pay to play mechanic for unlocking SpongeBob instead of something as simple as paying five bucks to unlock 
SpongeBob. I think that is bullshit. I hate that format a lot, and I hate that uh, idea with Epic Games. I wish they did better, because the levels are like a slip and slide through the pink slime, and that's it. That's Three of the challenges involve you sliding on pink goop. The other one is you're throwing bombs at people. They're not really inspired. There's nothing really cool about them. It's just sort of just another race mechanic level. And I don't know if it's just because, like, they're slowing down the level designs and they're just trying to slowly ease people into more levels. But I loved when, before it got Epic picked up and became free to play, when the update, when it went to space, showed up and there were like 20 new challenges. And it felt like, hey, there's a lot more games in this mix. Here it feels like we are dealing with uh, an octopus crocken finale, and that's it. That's the new challenge. And all the new games are squad modes, and once again, I play solo. It's just not really a fun, enjoyable experience. That being said, I still will play the fuck out of Fall Guys because I'm a hypocrite, but also because even though the new levels are uninspired, they're not offensive. And I'm still, and it doesn't matter with the characters and unlockables because I still play as the bisexual burger. That's still my premier character. I feel like that's the character I relate to. It's this cute character I made up. And I think that's something that's gone missing with Fall Guys as well. Uh, I think the challenges are still like the same old ones. Like no matter how many new levels you get, you're still playing big fans. You're still playing hit parade. You're still playing, uh, slime climb. They're still there. It's just, we're now including this a little bit more often. And I just want to see, uh, much better level designs. Cause I, I think this one it just sort of just showed up. I'm glad they went back to 100 instead of 200, though, with the level pack. But, ugh. I am, simply put, frustrated with Fall Guys. Uh, that being said, I'm still enjoying all the other games as we keep updating you with. Like, uh, I'm still enjoying the hell of Rocket League. Still one of the best games out there. Uh, so, that that is about it with gaming news. That's about it with what I've been watching this week on television. I, oh, Nope. I saw Nope. Uh, finally, on Peacock. Nope is out on Peacock. I watched it. I loved it. I. It's a scary movie. It's a scary fucking movie. Um, but it's... Uh, I think it's one of those things where Jordan Peele is very, very smart. Both in the writing and in the presentation. And a lot of the... Uh, the mise en scene, no, uh, a lot of, like, the, everything. Like, the sound design is great. I love the set design of the ranch. I love when they go to Jupiter's ranch and you see, like, this, like, theme park kind of thing that looks a lot like Calico in Knott's Berry Farm. It's so beautiful in, in its interpretations and the fact it also revolves around a monkey is also hilarious. It's the it's like a red herring because it has nothing to really do other than background of one of the characters. But it's such a great like character that's like a psych out slightly, but also just like the one where it's like, OK, so we're going to see the monkey like, OK, and do a there's not really jump scares. I, I thought there was jump scares in this, but there's no jump. It's really that like, but it's the perfect horror because you're like in that freak out like, OK, this is going to be where the psych out happens. This is going to be where the freak out happens. This is and it doesn't happen. It's just what you don't. See. And I think that is why it's smart. It's what you don't see and don't hear. That's the scary thing even though it's what is intentional. It, I love that. It is great. It is honestly one of my favorite movies this year. And I'm glad it's on Peacock of all places, the same place where you could watch Survivor Series War Games. Right, folks? You will, you will see Nope, and then you'll see War Games, the WWE. Right? 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 
probably not, but I, I, at least I have. Uh, also, um, nope. I can't believe it's on Peacock because it's, I mean, like, it just came out. I also recently saw this show. Speaking of wrestling, uh, this is awesome on WWE. Uh, the WWE This Is Awesome show uh, with Greg Miller. Kind of funny is Greg Miller. Uh, I don't want to berate the show that much. I, I don't because I, I like Greg Miller. I think he's one of the actually one of the nicest people you'll ever talk to in the world of video games. Uh, he's been really nice to me. I have chatted with Greg Miller. So it's very funny seeing him host this. Um, he loves wrestling, so it's like beautiful. Um, I don't like it. And I think it's because one Greg Miller's delivery and not to, to be offended to Greg Miller, it's his delivery of the idea in the fact that this is like the 20th. Hey, remember this show that WWE has come out with? And I don't like, hey, remember this WWE shows. I I, I I like it when it's like a bio of a wrestler. I like it when it's like, hey, let's talk about like the best Hell in a Cell matches, which they kind of do in This Is Awesome. But it's not like WWE Evil, I thought was really good because it was breaking out of the character into the person who's playing this character and like motive as like an actor to play the villain and this is awesome is sort of like um a youtube series and i maybe it's because greg miller is in his house like talking onto his microphone and we're seeing his webcam so it feels very zoom meeting in a way but it's sort of like, hey, what's the greatest WWE entrances? Remember when Chris Jericho showed up at Raw? Like, I don't want to know. I don't know. No. I, this isn't awesome. This is just sort of like, uh, I hate to say member berries because I don't think anything South Park related should ever really show up here. But it feels like one of those, hey, remember when this thing happened? Yes. We're, we're only, and the expansion is just a talking head going, yes, and that was great. I was there, and I was like, wow. That, that's what you're going to get the entire time on this show. And that's not Greg Miller's fault. I think that's just the show's production is, hey, remember when Kane debuted? Oh, that's got to be Kane. That's gotta be Kane. Thanks, Vince. Like, that's not, not really a fun little show. That being said, though, I think Greg Miller should host a reboot of Livewire. I, I think he should go back to, he should be the new Todd Penningill. Like, can we get him to do, a, like, a weekly show on WWE where it's like, hey, let's take you back to Survivor Series when, uh, in the War Games match, Sami Zayn would help Jey Uso. Like, something like that. <laughs> Because this is awesome. Not a good show. Um, but uh, I did see Survivor Series War Games because, hey, I have the Peacock and I'm going to make use of it by watching a good pay-per-view. The big four pay-per-views. You watch Survivor Series, you watch uh, Royal Rumble, you watch SummerSlam, and then you watch uh, WrestleMania. You don't watch anything else. Don't watch like Extreme Rules or TLC. Or Money in the Bank. Just watch the good ones. Because uh, Survivor Series won the big four. Lovely. I thought it was okay. I haven't seen a wrestling show in about three months. And I will say, um, WWE's production has gotten great. I think the big joke of the, of, I guess, the internet right now is Austin Theory whose, I guess, gimmick is selfie guy, like social media, social, like, uh, his Titantron was a Beyblade commercial, which I think was intentional because it was sponsored by Beyblade. But it's funny just having everyone say, it's Beyblade, when Austin Theory shows up, that I think they should actually go all in on Beyblade for a while. Like, if Beyblade is sponsoring Monday Night Raw or wherever this Austin Theory character is, have him show up with, like, Beyblades and just go, yeah, let him rip Beyblade! I'm not saying that just to be a jokey. I mean, like, I honestly mean that because people already are associating this guy with Beyblade right now, and that's good advertising for Beyblade. 
And you could equate that the same way that DX did with Super Soakers back in the 90s. Remember when DX had the big Super Soakers and sprayed the audience with the Super Soakers? Just, just have that with Beyblades. It's, it's, a, it's a stupid toy. And it's good product placement, so it works on all accounts. And then eventually, when Beyblade stops sponsoring WWE, uh, he gets pissed off and becomes excited about drones or something. I don't know. But that, that to me, is what it should really be about. Um, but yeah, Survivor Series, it, was, I, it looks great. It looked beautiful. I'm still confused. <laughs> uh, I know what War Games matches are, but eh. Anyway, uh, next is the YouTube wormhole of the week. That's right, YouTube wormhole. Woo! So every week, I like to talk about uh, what I've been watching on YouTube. Uh, and this week, I have been seeing uh, this, the, the wheel. You could watch the game show The Wheel on YouTube, obviously illegally. Um, and just to get prepared and i i've come to the conclusion the wheel is a very fun game but also very bullshit because <laughs> it's a game show where the idea is that whoever's in the circle i'm sorry the wheel has to pick a celebrity and answer a question and if it's the expert it's for bonus money and if not it's worth regular money but if the expert gets a question wrong it becomes more of a chance for you to get shut down which is more of a chance for you to get knocked off the wheel and replace with somebody else, which means theoretically somebody can get through every question on the wheel, lose, and then by random chance, someone can show up and answer just one question and take home the cash jackpot. I think that's bullshit. That's okay. That's a game show for you. Uh, it's definitely American because luck base. Uh, <laughs> so it'll fit in just fine here. Uh, besides the wheel... I watched the end of the Genius Game, the Netherlands Genius Game. I've been recapping a bit of it on uh, the extended cut. I'm going to talk about it right now here. The Genius Game is one of the best reality show formats because it's basically any single time you ever see a min-max tabletop game and what point score do what, and you always have that one guy who's trying to game break or game the system. That's what this show is. And this time around, they did a, like a shoots and ladders style game where the object is for one team to play one pawn and another team to play another pawn. And the idea is to get to square 100 with and if the team of remaining contestants wins, then it's whoever has the most points survives. If it's the other team, one of the uh, randos, I guess the losers, I fills in against them in the final game, which becomes a game about points. So the three remaining people, while they're trying to play a shoots and ladders game, are trying to predict which squares uh, people will land on so they can score points uh, so they can get the advantage and hopefully survive enough to get to the final game. And I think that was very clever. And then they vote like one or zero as a group to basically play as the dice roll instead of just rolling a dice out of luck which also adds a new game mechanic to it. It is great. It's such a fantastic game. And then the final game is essentially guessing a four-digit number and asking yes or no questions, which is a very classic guess who situation, and I love that as well. It is seriously one of the best reality shows out there, even though many people find it very boring. That being said, I watched it, and I loved it, and I hope it gets a season two, or at least a Netflix adaptation for America but they probably won't. Uh, finally, um, in this whole wormhole thing, uh, game shows in France, there's a new channel out there uh, with some French game shows, like from the 2000s. So the Money Drop Show, Deal or No Deal, and La Big Deal, which is just the big deal. The 90s version with the physical challenge stunts, or you can take the money. Uh, that is also uh, apparently a big show over there from like a few years back. Uh, so a lot of great game shows, uh, have happened. Obviously, I kind of burnt everything last week with the, uh, with H-Bomb and Defunct Land. And this week, I found out that Defunct Land, uh, is going to make a deal or no deal documentary next year, 2023, November, which is going to take a lot of, that's 11 months. And I bet it's going to be very good. And knowing how we handled Disney Channel, I think he's going to do very well with this deal or no deal thing. 
I don't know his angle. I don't know if he's just going to talk about like American deal or no deal with Howie Mandel and the story of how ABC had it. Uh, and then they decided, no, thank you. And then like the quick turnaround, the NBC picked it up. They got a set, Howie Mandel got the job and how quickly that came out to being a big hit in the stripped format. Uh, or if it's going to be about the origin story of Rick, uh, basically using matchbooks and playing in the game in his backyard, or if it's going to be every international version from Noel Edmonds getting it in the UK, being along this running to the Australian version where Australians get to try and guess to win money all the way to things like, um, what's the one weird version, uh, like the Filipino version of the 26 K and their dance choreography. There's all, there's an international version dealing with it, which has a lot of exploration you can go to. Uh, my favorite, of course, is the Italian version where they give away breath mints. I'm not kidding. They give away like breath mints as one of the prizes in a car. Um, <laughs> it's to me, I kind of like that kind of situation. But I also enjoy the New Deal or No Deal. And obviously, they'll probably talk about like if they're going into like just American version, all the gimmicks they try to do, like the Million Dollar Missions and the Rising Gas. And then how does that help? And if they really want to go into the productions, I think Scott St. Shot ending up being the guy in charge of Truth Social, Donald Trump's social media website. I'm not kidding. Uh, so it's it's very weird. But he will definitely do a good job. I'm still, however, a little sad. Uh, so because I've been talking about game shows for a very long time, like seriously. I think I've talked about game shows my whole life. Like every like moment people will say you can shut about game shows. That's how game shows I suppose got started was me oozing out my love of game shows. I want to talk about game shows here on this show as well, because I think it's always worth chatting about because it's my favorite genre of television. I also know that I will never be big enough. I will not be this big important YouTube superstar. Uh, no matter how much effort I would put into something, I don't think it gets the traction. And I just kind of feel like giving up. Realistically, I feel like even this podcast, as much effort as I try to put into a weekend as I can and throughout the week with writing, it's it takes its toll. And I think it does for a lot of content creators. And I'm excited to see what Defunctly does with Deal or No Deal because it's my favorite game show and I 100% think he's going to do a great job. But at the same time, I now know once he does it, there's really no need for me to talk about game shows anymore. And I think you're going to see a lot more people cover game shows again on YouTube. And some will be more popular than what I did. Others will be about the same level as me. And a lot of archival that you would see. Uh, shout out to Nick from Atlanta for all those archival things you've sent me over the years. I love it. Shout out to Cindy from Game Show Garbage uh, for all the great clips you've sent me over the years. Uh, it just, I think it's just going to be one of those cases of, it's going to be a great documentary, but then it's like, well, now what's my niche? <laughs> what is the, cause everyone has been saying like, to me, the best thing to do in social media, be yourself and find your niche. And I know for a fact, once that shows up, there is no niche for me. I can't review game shows anymore. You're going to compare to Defunct Land. And Kevin Perger doesn't deserve to be compared to me. He's very talented. Um, but it's a case of, like, what the fuck do I do now? Uh, I feel like they're really... I keep saying this. I feel like there's really nothing going for me right now. I don't feel like there's anything going for me on the internet. And some days, which I don't really want to bring publicly, but I will for this episode, there are days where I'm just like, why don't I just like stop tweeting and stop posting and stop podcasting? Nobody cares. I'm one forgotten person. I'm one in like a million. This is not the carve to success for you to do anything, even though whatever is your deemed success is non-existent anymore. 
everything relates to social media. So you can't go off social media to be famous. So I feel like I'm pushed into a box, if that makes sense. You can't be, you can be a podcaster, but you can't be like the movie star or the TV host. I, I would love to host a game show. I would love to be the new host of late night television. Like I said, I would, Jimmy Kimmel, if you're listening to this, which I know you aren't, but hey, if you are, that's, that's actually pretty impressive, but I would like to be your successor. Uh, but it's, it's, what's the point, right? Because like to get to that niche, you have to be famous with some notoriety. And that means stand up comedy, which a lot of people I know are stand up comedians and they're just grinding it out. They're doing the weekend gig. Sometimes they're doing a weekday gig at a club somewhere and that's it. You have others who have gotten somewhat notoriety. They end up doing like a talking headpiece here. But most of the time, they're just like me, doing a podcast and grinding it out here. And then you have what I say is the unfair advantage in all this. You have the people who can afford the crews, the people who can afford a team, that can afford social media managers, that could afford SEO data-driven content, that can afford a team of writers, afford a set the the cameras, the lighting equipment, and this is no longer like a webcam and a and or an iPhone. Yeah, you know, I'm sick to death about like that being the new i like. And anyone could be a YouTuber if they use an iPhone and they work hard. No, they don't. Most popular TikTok people use like a 5D camera and an editing software, and they don't even edit themselves. They have someone else. These are rich kids who are sons and daughters of millionaires and billionaires. Uh, <laughs> the ones who are like somewhat popular, it's because of a viral thing that happened randomly, like the corn kid. He was just, he's the new Turtles guy. I'm on the news. I like corn. Okay, now he's going to be on the green giant float. That's that's where we're at right now. And unfortunately, that is where social media heads. So in my brain, it's what's, what should I fucking do? I, it's give up. I, honestly, at this point, it's just fucking give up. There is no point in making a podcast if no one listens to it. There is no point in me reviewing game shows because who is it for? It's not going to the producers. It's not going to audience members. No one fucking cares. So in many ways, I, I'm kind of sad, but happy because I know for a fact that when Kevin makes this video, and I bet it's going to be great, a lot of people are going to finally see how I see game shows and the production side of game shows and all of the weird business inside of game shows because I know he's that in-depth. And maybe they'll finally see how I see game shows and that will be great. But then it's like, but now what's the next step for me? <laughs> and I do not know. Honestly, I I love this podcast and I've been trying to come up with ideas, but I I can't do live streams on Twitch. I have personal responsibilities taking care of my mom. I can't really take time off work to do any of these projects because a lot of time again, situation it has to be stuck here at home. And it's one of those cases of, I, I, I don't want to be a Let's Player. I, I used to be a game journalist for a while, and it's just one of those cases of, uh, there's really not a need for me to talk about games because the whole game reviewing journalism sphere has been broken now that it's all reduced to YouTubers. And even then... It's you're not really going to get a, a guy going, what's up, YouTube? Did you hear about Bioshock getting a re no, no, it's all of the classic ones are now doing solo projects or they are now allocating themselves to being Twitch streamers 
if they're podcast being the news and the editorial, and even then it's sort of loose. It's it's not really the best job. <laughs> and like I would love to interview people. I would love to chat with people. I, I love chatting. I love telling. I think that's why I, I'm so gravitated towards like I hate to say late night talk shows because I don't think they're going to exist, as I explained earlier. But I love the idea of just like being funny and I love talking to people. I want to interview more people, but it just feels like uh, too little too late. And it feels like with this show, it's just sort of delaying the inevitable, right? Uh, but I love to write and I love to chat. And sometimes I don't know if when I ramble like this, by the way, I'm not sleep deprived. This is just like, normally when I'm sleep deprived, it's really sad, but I don't know if, it, if like what happened this week with the Microsoft lock and like the frustration of trying to get this episode out, uh, has anything to do with this, uh, ramble. But it's it's one frustrating thing for me. It's trying to figure out what to do. I don't think I can cut it on YouTube. I don't think I can cut it in podcasting. I don't think I can cut it in Twitch, definitely. I only have a few set of skills, and it seems like those are non-existent or pretty much useless at this point. <laughs> that it's like, well, I could... Um, well, I could talk about, um, nope, I could talk about, well, uh, well, because I don't want to be compared to others. I honestly do not, and I fear that's going to happen, and I know a lot of people, and I sometimes get insecure. I think we all do, but it's just sort of like, what the fuck, what? I know, I know like kids new dream job is a content creator, right? But that's such a vague term. And even I know that's a vague term because content creation comes in many forms. Are you a beauty vlogger? Are you a, like a DIY person? How to like do some practical skill? Are you a gamer? Are you going to play video games for us? Are like, are you a TV critic? Like, I guess I sort of am like, what's your thing? And many people, I don't think, know what that is. I think they assume content creator is just you make videos on TikTok and then you get money. But you're also a salesperson. You're also reading, like, prompts. Like, you're going like, hey, go to this website and enter promo code Jordan at checkout for 10% off your first order. It, it, it's, it, I mean, it's it's okay, but I don't... I don't know, and I'm scared what's going to happen, but it's sometimes excited scared and other times just very doomy scared, and maybe it's because of my age, <laughs> um, but I, I'm trying to just uh, accept that right now. <laughs> Essentially, that's what you're, it's trying to come up with is that final step acceptance, and the day I accept it is probably the day this podcast is over. I no longer have a Patreon. I no longer really do Twitter or Facebook. And I'm just sort of just maybe like at a coffee shop somewhere drinking coffee and like playing solitaire on my phone or something <laughs> like Angry Birds. <laughs> no, it, it would probably be something like uh, watching a YouTube vi like game shows on my phone quietly on like a bus <laughs> like one of those um but yeah that's 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 about it like i i don't know what to do left it hurt i it, it and i'm i'm very like worried if that makes sense that being said though once again i just want to remind people even though i'm very sad about what to do next and i'm scared what to do and I don't think this is working out, and I get depression about this and anxieties and all that good stuff. I'm still very excited to see what happens with the Funkling because that Disney Channel video is fantastic, and I know Kevin does a fantastic job with his productions. But I don't know <laughs> what's next for me. 
to say the least. Um, so I'm probably going to cry after this episode airs. Uh, but we have a great episode tonight. We're talking about social media and all that good stuff. Uh, oh, uh, the last thing I want to talk about before I end. Wednesday, I saw an episode of Wednesday. I think it's great. I actually think Wednesday is a great show on Netflix. It's not The Addams Family, but it is a great interpretation of The Addams Family. I love the way they're handling Wednesday. It, But the thing is, it reminds me a little too much of the Sabrina the Teenage Witch reboot. And I am fearful that it's going to get two seasons and then drop dead. I wish they uploaded this new season before like Halloween and made this the Halloween show because this was a this is a great spooky kind of show but they dropped the ball. Maybe it's because of editing or something but it, it happens. Uh oh and lastly, I, I feel like I'm like doing like the kid again. And also, and also this, uh I I recently saw the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special on Disney Plus. Because Disney Plus is Disney Plus. I was going to write a whole article about this, and I never got around to it. So my bad. I love it. I I like the Guardians. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy Halloween special. I said like, but it's it, it's love. It's because I know they're trying to go for originally a Star Wars holiday special ripoff, and I I think it's one of those things where. This feels perfect for Disney Plus, even though it should have been like on ABC on Christmas as the special thing to watch because it is a popular movie franchise. It is Marvel, obviously, but it's the whole story about basically them kidnapping Kevin Bacon is just stupid and hilarious and makes no fucking sense. But it's great. <laughs> These are misfit people. <laughs> and it's such a great, great, great movie. Uh, even though it's only like what, an hour or so. Like it's not it's not hours, but it's fun. Anyway, I can't wait to see Avatar. I heard James Cameron's working on that and it's going to be great. I hope to watch that eventually on Disney Plus unless everything goes haywire. Anyway, let's start today's episode. So this week has been a very rough Thanksgiving for me. Uh, my account got compromised, leaving an Xbox sitting alone collecting dust. My Thanksgiving dinner was leaving a bad stomachache, and all I did during all of these deal savings, Black Cyber Monday, Tuesday, Friday, was simply put, sleep in. As I am without an Xbox, I did decide to take advantage of the Steam sale going on and pick up a few favorites. But during all this, I had to rely on Microsoft customer support from Reddit and Twitter and a chat window. And I will say, Microsoft has been very helpful throughout this and basically told me in the nicest way, sorry, we can't do anything for this. It's a manual activity and they are backed up, but sending good vibes. And I do think they mean it. But it got me wondering. Twitter is on the verge of collapse. Elon Musk is an idiot. But most people who know how he operates his companies already know this. The smartest thing about him is his ability to take credit for other people's work and give the appearance of being a genius. As we've been talking about in the paywall news segment and by association various segments, the question remains, where am I going to go because Twitter became such a shit show? They are unbanning terrible people. He wants to go against woke while simultaneously losing advertising. He could have just bought 4chan and done the same thing for less money. The truth is, 
I think Elon is setting this up for failure. I mean, it's going to have governments, plural, stepping in after a few months when it gets really bad, like SpaceX being more NASA but cheaper. This is what will happen with the service. I suspect those who got fired or walked away because of Elon's really dumb email proposition are getting amazing parachutes and will use their capital to make the best social media app. But that will take time and simply put, we don't know when or what that will be. But for now, you got a few alternatives, co-host, Mastodon, and Hive. But also I'll tell you that what I have been doing as well, first, I'm signing up for all of these because hey, I gotta get the account before it gets big, but also, just going back to classics, co-host is one of them. It feels like Tumblr with the look of a late 90s AOL coffee house. You can post texts and images and link to everything, but I'm confused by how it could get new people when Tumblr already exists. Unless suddenly I can get hardcore yaoi fan art on there, which I think isn't possible. Mastodon is full of toots and servers and different rules. It's like when you join a Discord server and join the rules and never return to. I, I, I see you, people on my server. The problem with Mastodon is the confusion of how to get names, as it's much like an email address. Are you a Mastodon.social or a WTFbiz or, or something else? I don't think it'll ring as media, uh, such as YouTube or on television, because they can't just say follow us on Twitter at Jordha. They have to go through a few hoops. Hive has become the new Twitter. Lots of people have joined it, including me. I'm at Jordan Haas there. It has images. It has an ask box, but people don't know the TOS and what personal information they want from us. Why do they need to know I'm a Pisces? One such thing going around is that one of the developers is a Trumper, to which I feel isn't a red flag, considering they are asking you for your pronouns. Most Trumpy folks are still stuck on the what's a pronoun, or trying to use pronouns in bio as a gotcha. And if you recall, the place you're leaving is owned by a billionaire that's more in common with Donald than the alleged red cap. As you know, People can change identity, and it is very possible. They are very young and could change, because I know we all have had an edgelord period, and perhaps that's possible here as well. But safety and security, especially on that small scale, is very worrisome. However, as the alternate, it's still picking up the slack, but you'll have to enjoy the loading circles and busted timeline. Features that people assumed would happen when Twitter would get under Musk. I mean, it will, but that's just foreshadowing. But now let's answer the question of what am I doing? First off, I'm still using Twitter. I think you could delete the app on your phone and just do it browser-based and use it less, but for me, I have just moved it away from my home on my phone. As a helpful mental tip, Find your primary app and place it where you often tap. Lower right corner if right-handed, lower left if you're left-handed, and just use those spaces for what you like. Discord, TikTok, Instagram, etc. For me, I have replaced the Twitter bird for the Tumblr box. I think Tumblr is getting a resurgence since freeing the nipple, and its ability to find fandoms is still amazing. I think most people who are dorky reactionaries won't join Tumblr, because its YouTube reactionaries consider it full of SJWs or whatever embarrassing vomit they'll conjure up this week. They have chat, ass boxes, and more, and I find it enjoyable. I could find some Kirby, find some Nightwing, see some shitposts, and learn about a Martin Scorsese movie that doesn't exist. It's one giant improv comedy podcast show these days, and I'm happy about it. As somebody who still wants to use text to have comedy and can't Vogue dance my crippling depression on TikTok. And finally, right above it, I'm using an app called Awful, which is an unofficial, yet somewhat official, Something Awful Forums app. Back in the day, yours truly was a goonie goon goon. But now that Lotex has kicked the bucket, that place has gotten way better. Yes, there's still a bit of offensive posting, but it's met with the kind of irony that I think is 
vividly missing from any Channer turned Twitter user. I've been reading about professional wrestling, talking Jeopardy and Taskmaster, and seeing a ton of fantastic memes. My favorite channel there is the Cholesterol Clubhouse, and it's all about fast food. And you know me, you know I love to munch. The bear entry is $10, and for $5 more, you get an avatar, and $10, you have premium features, and I think that includes private messages. And considering social media is one big message board, I think it's time to go back to the only message board that matters. <laughs> Sorry, Fark. Does Fark still exist? I, I, I know it's not for everybody, and for some, that worry is about being banned and losing $10 is scary, but I argue that community-driven pile of money with community moderation is still a better time than paying a subscription service where you, the listener I'm talking to now, are the commodity, and everything you like and follow is part of some algorithm, because we are human, we aren't perfect, and sometimes we want to know about weird movies in addition to the music of Weird Al Yankovic. So I've got my hive, I've got my Tumblr, and I've got something awful. If you're going to go to Reddit, that's on you. But that is just one big YouTube comment section, and you know how much of a cesspool that place could be. This concludes the free version of podcasts with Jordan Haas. Uh, for the extended version, uh, if you want a more, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Jordan Haas. There we will have the paywalled news segment, which this week isn't really good. I'll recap with Taskmaster, which once again, eh. the game deal segment where I talk about all the things I have bought this week here for the Cyber Monday and gave a quick review. And finally, a closing segment, which is very, very sad. Basically, if you want to get sad, hound over to patreon.com slash Jordan Haas today. And if not, we'll see you next week, unless I end up getting suspended again. Bye!